0: What's going on, everybody? Back again for another episode of Hockey Talk with Ryan Hawk. My guest today is James Duffy. James is an award-winning sportscaster on TSN, the author of four books, including the recent Beauties, and host of the Rubber Boots podcast. James was gracious enough to stop by and talk about his thoughts on the North Division, the book and the podcast that he's recently released, and some discussion on the future of broadcasting. And speaking of Beauties... This episode is dedicated to the memory of Montgomery Monty Macri, who lost his battle with cancer recently. Monty's son Ben is a good friend of mine and the host of Side of Wrench podcast, and although I never had the pleasure of meeting Monty myself, uh, he raised a hell of a son, and Ben assures me that his dad was, by all accounts, a beauty. All right, guys, back again for another episode of Hockey Talk with Ryan Hawk. Uh, I'm joined by somebody who really doesn't need any introduction. Uh, TSN's James Duffy's here to chat for a bit. James, how are you doing?
1: Good, Ryan. How you doing?
0: It's been a long, long morning, but uh, we're going. We're going. It's nice weather out here in Vancouver. We're finally hitting some sunshine. So
1: I'm always embarrassed. You know, I work for a national uh, television station. I do two podcasts, and you have a way better microphone than I do. <laughs> uh, we're still, with, we're still doing with the AirPods and it never works. So, uh, I need to get myself an actual, uh, podcast microphone at some point in time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You just Maybe steal, just start start. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> that yeah. or just steal stuff from work uh, either way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I wanted to, to chat about some relevant hockey stuff, but, uh, you know, how's the last 12 months been for you and your spare time? Uh, you've been pretty busy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been weird, like everybody else, when the when the pandemic hit, it was right in the middle of our season when we were going crazy and uh, everything sort of ground to a halt. We never really stopped working. We kept doing segments from home, insider trading, and uh, uh, the quiz and things like that we kept going at. Uh, I'm not sure anybody was watching during those early months, but uh, we kept doing it. And then this season has been a little more normal because we have been in the studio. Uh, you know doing things obviously most people at TSN it's like a big ghost of a building because most people are at home but we come in just with a skeleton crew to do the studio stuff so that's actually been nice some sort of normalcy in life uh, but we did get to the masters back in November that was the first actual road trip that anybody took at TSN which was great and uh, uh yeah now getting rid of getting ready for Trade Center and everything else that goes with it
0: yeah no kidding How have you been enjoying uh, these North division hockey games? It seems like the battle of Alberta and and battle of Ontario and so on has been very entertaining.
1: Yeah, it's been good. I, I really, uh, I was concerned, I would say maybe a month ago that the division was going to spread out to the point where it would be really anticlimactic at the end, that maybe we wouldn't have any sort of playoff race, which is still a possibility Maybe the positions would be almost set and the only battle we'd be having was, you know, third or fourth or something, which wouldn't really matter. But thanks to Toronto's skid and Edmonton picking things up and such, I I it's it has the potential now to be really interesting down the stretch. I you know, I don't think sometimes I don't think it's been too much of a good thing yet. But I sure wish the crowds were there. I would have loved to have seen a full Canadian division with the crowds there every night. I think that would have increased the intensity. I do think, you know, when you play a team three times in a row, it loses a little bit of its luster by the, by the third time, particularly as a broadcaster when you're trying to sell the game and you're doing that third game. But overall, it's been really good to have all Canadian matchups every night. I mean, we will never see it again. So uh, I think it's been pretty cool.
0: You don't think that next season we're gonna have the same divisional layout, or do you think they'll try to go back to normal?
1: Yeah, I think they'll go right back to normal. I think that there is a possibility of more all Canadian matchups that they're sort of pushing for that, that they see a, a benefit in that. And certainly the NHL's gotta be open to anything that's gonna help with with revenues. But I, I have a feeling we're gonna go back to the same divisions. And realistically, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess you can make it swing a Canadian division full-time. Uh, the travel will be, would be a bit of a problem, I suppose. Uh, but I, I just think Bettman's committed to going back to the way it was.
0: Yeah, especially with Seattle coming in, I guess. I don't want to tinker too much. So um, Austin Matthews, he was off to a hot start. Uh, I think he'll still finish near the top of the rocket race. I'm a Capitals fan. I'm an Ovechkin guy. He's starting to heat up. Uh, who's your Rocket pick this year?
1: Wow. Um, I, I'm gonna take McDavid only because he's just playing old head and shoulders above everybody in the league overall wise. And I think Austin, as great as he was, like you know, he went through that phase where everything was just going in, but those tend to cool off. And I just think you know, McDavid sort of night after night, even though he's not a goal scorer per se, like Ovi or or Matthews is, I just think he's having that kind of crazy head and shoulders above everybody else's season. And I think that the Rocket matters to him because uh, he've never won one, right? I, uh, no, McDavid no. never won a Rocket, yeah. So uh, I think that means something to him. So I think if he's close, you know, in the last two, three weeks of the season, that he'll shoot more and, and do more to try and get it, particularly if the playoff spot is nice and secure. So uh, I'm going to take McDavid.
0: Okay. Do you think McDavid hits 100 points this year?
1: Uh, give me the number. Where is he at right now off the top of your head? Uh, pace-wise, is he on pace for 100? I think
0: I think, I think think he's on pace for like 102.
1: Uh, I, I think he'll probably just miss maybe like 96 or something. It's the same way when we were talking about Matthews getting 50 goals. So much has to go right for for you to keep up a pace like that. McDavid's been ridiculous now for a couple of months. So uh, even though I'm sort of contradicting what I just said with the rocket race, I'll say he'll come just short.
0: Okay. Uh, speaking of Connor, him and, and Drysaddle, they're playing lights out. Um, there's been a lot of great duos over the years, but... I'm thinking, where do, where do these guys land in your mind? Uh, uh, to me, I, I kind of think they're better than Crosby and Malkin. I think that they're just kind of in that Lemieux-Yager echelon right now, uh, as good as Sid and, and Malkin were. It seemed like one would kind of taper off, but these two guys are just lighting it up.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that. I'm trying to think of in my generation covering hockey when they're at their best. Like, have you had the two best – you could argue, certainly, they're the two best players in the league was Sid and Gino. Gino never got the credit he probably deserved. Um, but he was always sort of considered – I always go by, you know, we used to do those top 50 shows on TSN all the time, the top 50 players. I don't, And I'm not sure Gino ever cracked our top five, maybe one year, um, during the height of their – you know, sort of 2010, 12 kind of thing. But I think that these two guys, you know, you can certainly make a valid argument are the two best players in the game, both playing at their, you know, in their primes at elite levels. So I don't think you're right. Probably since Yager Mario, have we had a tandem that is capable of that much on a game by game basis? Yeah.
0: Um we hear a lot about Kale McCar, Quinn Hughes, Miro Heiskinen, but Adam Fox has kind of just popped up. I have a friend in New York who is telling me he's going to be Brian Leach and I I didn't want to believe it, but the more I watch this guy, I'm going, "Holy smokes, did this guy the Rangers locked out. Where do you think he ranks right now?"
1: Yeah, I like probably just behind those other guys. I hate those comparison things. I know it's what we do. I mean, it's what we do on TSN is it's what you have to do is it's put a, a lot to put on a kid to put him in a Brian leach neighborhood, but i I certainly don't think he got any of the hype that he probably deserved. He flew under the radar like nobody's business because of of those other guys um, so I don't know that I'd be willing to go that far with him, but he is of the you know of a young defenseman by far the most underrated I think in this crop yeah.
0: How excited are you for trade deadline uh, day this year?
1: Buddy, excited is not the word that I use for trade deadline. (laughs) There's there's a fear that runs through my veins that no, I'm, I don't, there, I went through different phases with trade deadline. Uh, There was a time when I really kind of dreaded it uh, because that fear of going 10 hours and having nothing to talk about. And then I sort of begrudgingly accepted it for what it was because we had a couple of years where just nothing happened and we're able, still able to get through. And so I sort of took it as instead of a trade deadline show, I kind of took it as this pre playoff race chance to get everybody together in the studio and talk hockey for 10 hours. And when you look at it that way, it's kind of fun. I never get Ferraro in the studio and Ferraro and Mike Johnson and, you know, O'Dog and Jamie McClendon and all these guys together at the same time. So that's kind of a treat. And even if nothing happens, we find a way to fill the time just talking hockey as you would with your buddies. So uh, I, I enjoy it now. It's still a bit too long of a day. Usually by about three or four o'clock, my brain's gone to absolute mush. Uh, and I do worry about this year because of the quarantine situation and just the weird situation we're in that, that it might really hold back trades obviously they've reduced the quarantine period from 14 days to seven which should help but i still don't think if i was a gm looking to add a key piece i would be doing it before the deadline because that extra seven days you know once that seven days is done you're you know you got what a month and uh less than a month in the season basically so uh it feels like feels like it's 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 not worth it. I lost you for a second there. Hold on.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Sorry. my problem with doing this on my cell phone when somebody calls, I lose you. Um so I'm I'm I think it's gonna be a slower day than usual. Um, but like I said, we'll feel the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, you guys see always <laughs> seem to have uh something planned, whether it's you know, musical numbers, yeah. a monkey well, we used
1: to do way too much. Like we used we 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 always had to do stuff and then there was one year, a few years ago, where we just had way too much. It was like a friggin' circus. <laughs> and I remember saying afterwards, you know, because I'll do a couple of things, but then the producers will have a couple of things I don't even know about. One year, it was just like every two minutes, something goofy was happening. And so we really tried to tone it down, I think, the last couple of years. I have a couple of things planned. But uh, in the end, it's mostly just talking hockey. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's... There's gonna be no llamas in the studio this year.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say if it's if it's Bobby Mac's final year potentially, just give him a blender and have him get into the margaritas, and I think people would tune in.
1: He's uh, people are confused about that. So he this is his first year of what he calls soft retirement. So uh, he's actually signed a new, I think, five-year contract. So you're gonna see Bobby on trade deadline and the draft and everything for the next five years at least uh it's just you don't see him as much you know over the last few months during the season but uh he i told him he's as long as i'm around he's as long as i have to do trade deadline he's got to do trade deadline <laughs> um
0: looking at these divisions you know we touched on it a few minutes ago but we're starting to see a little bit of the separation now we got some teams that are you know one two three they're kind of close in numbers and then it's like you know six or seven point gap and teams are falling apart here um I know it's hard to predict this because of the fact that we're only seeing the same seven or eight teams play each other, but is there a team that jumps out as a cup contender? Like, I mean, I I was thinking Tampa probably they've kept their team intact and they're doing the Kucherov on LTIR until magically he'll be healed for the playoffs. But I'm kind of thinking Tampa's maybe looking like a repeat here.
1: Uh, It's hard to argue that Ryan, like, first of all, it's, It's really hard, even in a shortened season like this, to go through an entire season without a slump. And the the Leafs, for example, found that out, right? When they had that three-game sweep of Edmonton where they looked perfect, you thought, okay, this team's going to win the division by 15 points, and they came back to earth. And I think that's natural in almost any season you see that. Tampa really hasn't had one yet. I'm not sure that they've lost more than a couple in a row at any time. Uh, Ditto for... Vegas and now Colorado and Colorado to me at the start of the season I thought Colorado was um my Stanley Cup pick and they started off a little bit slow but have really started rolling over the last month or so so I'll stick by that but Colorado Vegas Tampa man the Islanders look shockingly good and you know sort of built for uh those playoff series I think so I think you're right uh I mean, the Tampa division, Carolina and Florida have been good. The Echolette injury really hurts the Panthers. So I still think Tampa comes out of there. Uh, the East with, you know, Pitts played a lot better lately. Washington's been good all year long. The Islanders, like we say, they, those guys have sort of risen above the rest, and it's a battle for that fourth playoff spot. But I think one of those three teams ends up coming out of there. And uh, Vegas and Colorado, to me, it's one of those two uh, in that division. And the Canadian division, I really think anything could happen. I mean, it should be Edmonton, Toronto, or Winnipeg because they've been the best three teams. Uh, But Toronto has no playoff pedigree right now. Edmonton has no playoff pedigree. Uh, The Jets can be super hot and cold. So the team that comes forth there, like a Montreal or something, or somebody else sneaks in, who knows what could happen with a hot goalie. So I think the North is in many ways come playoff time going to be the most unpredictable.
0: Yeah. And just touch on the the trade deadline movement and so on. I mean, I was kind of thinking this earlier that maybe do you, do you anticipate possibly the off season is when we're going to see all these trades, you know, contracts, quarantines taken into effect. And then the expansion draft come up too.
1: Yeah, I think the offseason will be way more interesting than what happens at trade deadline. I'm doing a terrible job of selling our show. but uh, <laughs>
0: That's all right. No you know, one listens to this show, so don't worry about it, James.
1: The, the truth is uh, the free agent frenzy is uh, always a more pivotal day than trade deadline is, right? There's yeah. always more the, – the chance to redefine your franchise is always way more so on, on July 1st when you can make massive deals and, and sign guys um so i think because of what you say we all remember how fascinating it was how vegas played it so perfectly around that draft and we're just stealing picks and everything else and and top quality players uh i don't know i think they'll, people will be a little wiser this year uh and seattle will have a tougher time doing what vegas did but i still think there's going to be players available and it'll be it'll be much more intriguing than what we're seeing right now Plus you know, the idea of playing a full season and having a couple of months off. Uh, and i assuming it'll be a full season next year. Hopefully we'll be at that point. I think we'll be okay.
0: Yeah. I don't see, uh, I think everyone learned from Vegas. Uh, Seattle is not going to have, Yeah. Like, when I think about Florida, they traded March or so, and then they, they threw in Riley Smith as a, please don't I take this guy. Still
1: together. Right. <laughs> yeah. <It's crazy.
0: laughs> yeah. I want to talk about the future of broadcasting, um, where you see it headed in the next few years. I mean, we're seeing, especially in the last 12 months, I mean, movie theaters out here, they're not open, so I have to stream everything. Um, Where do you see the industry kind of moving forward?
1: I don't know. I think that uh, sports will go, sports is kind of the the last bastion of live television in a way. That everything else can be watched, whatever, on your phone or your tablet, you know, hours later, and hardly anybody watches live TV anymore. And I think that's the one thing where we'll be a little bit slower to change because you still need to watch sports live. And so it'll hold on. You know, you look at broadcasting deals in the States, like the NFL just renewed their broadcasting deal, and it was the same one, the same, you know, NBC on Sunday nights. CBS and Fox and Monday Night Football getting, I think that was the only difference that Monday Night Football got some Super Bowls for ABC, but uh, hockey, ESPN's coming back to hockey. So I I just think, I I, I think we'll be, we'll be all these Apples and Amazons, you know, for the last few years, people have been talking about TV rights, hockey rights going to Apple or Amazon. It's all possible, I suppose, but I just think it's going to go a little bit slower than the rest of the world. And that there's, you know, the TSNs and the sports nets and whatever will still have uh, most of the sports in Canada and the networks in the States will still have most of the sports in the States for a while, uh, which to me is a good thing. Just I guess because I'm an old school guy, I still like to turn on my, you know, my NBC for golf or for football. And uh, um, yeah, I, I don't like clicking on Amazon or Apple or I guess the zone, <laughs> first thing that really broke in that way right um i i want to turn on my television and watch my sports that's just the way i am but i'm an old guy
0: (laughs) no no i'm the same way i have a netflix account which i i share with my brother and i just but even that's kind of like it's an extra step i don't and for some reason i don't like that so
1: yeah I, i i'm the same and now as far as the rest of broadcasting uh i mean i'm i'm hardly good enough to pick up on trends and uh, we, Bell just launched this 5G thing where uh, you can, you know, control the replay and the angles and everything, uh, okay. again, which I don't think a lot of people have 5G capabilities yet, but hopefully that's something in the future that'll be, I think that'll be really cool. Uh, the ability to do that from home and, you know, focus in on one player or whatever it may be. Again, I'm too I'm too stupid technically to figure out exactly <laughs> what it is, but I should probably know because it's a Bell and TSN initiative but it sounds really super cool. So I think more stuff like that will probably be happening. Um, beyond that, hopefully they'll still have room for panels.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, even just recently, and, and I, I was uh, part of the reason I wanted to talk to you back in January was uh, I'm sitting there on the couch. It's like December 27th. Uh, my brother and I, we got a couple mugs of holiday cheer in our systems and all of a sudden holographic Bowen Byram shoots up from the ground And we were sitting there kind of blinking going, maybe we've overstepped our our limit here at 11 o'clock in the morning. But, uh, I mean, are are we going to see more and more things like that in the future?
1: I hope so. I thought that was really cool. What was funny was uh, we we got a lot of reactions like that from you. uh, And a lot of people thought it was really cool, which I did. It was fun for me on the set. Although it was weird because obviously he wasn't there. So (laughs) you might have noticed Bob and I were just staring into space and we were kind of told where to stare but <laughs> it, it's, it's as a guy who you know I'm doing this interview with you I always have trouble looking at the camera on my phone because I want to look at you and yeah. uh, I'm a visual guy I like to look at the person I'm interviewing and when you're they're telling you not to do that to look into some void empty area it's really weird I have a lot of respect for actors who act with green screens and things but uh, the funny thing was Everyone was like, wow, this is crazy technology that TSN has unveiled. And some guy from Sweden sent us a tape from like 2014. And they were doing the same thing in 2014. (laughs) (laughs) And it had just just never come to North America. or We just never bothered to do it before. So I'm not sure that we were as cutting edge as everybody gave us credit for. But it was still, it was a lot of fun. And I thought, I think the players got a kick out of it too. So uh, anything different that you can do like that is fun.
0: Yeah, that's typical. I mean, I'm I'm kind of in, uh, I like fashion, and I know that's the thing. Europe, they're like three years ahead. We don't see anything until three years later. But uh, I'm glad you answered that because uh, my brother, when I told him I was interviewing you, he goes, well, you got to figure out, was did you guys have to stare at a screen? Because he was like, you know, you and Bob were just stone-faced. And, and so I thought maybe they had a, a bit of a TV screen set up so that you guys could see what was happening. But.
1: I was basically just, uh, you know, we had one rehearsal. And the floor director or the camera person said, okay, I said, okay, where am I looking? Tell me when it looks right. And he said, okay, that's about right. So I picked out like a a light post or something and I just stared at that light post as I asked my question. (laughs) (laughs) So that's television for you. Oh
0: my gosh. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, with, I'm thinking, I guess next year at the juniors, they might have the same, in that
1: in almost guaranteed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Although I don't know that we'll have this year was different because there was no fans in the building, we had a lot of space, right? We had this beautiful massive set, which is very rare for us at a World Juniors where they pack the buildings, particularly in Canada. So I'm gonna guess that next year we're, you know, smidged in some little hole in the middle of Edmonton. <laughs> uh and so maybe we don't have room to do the virtual set, which would be a, which would be a shame.
0: I'll give it a few years. You guys are going to be just as apt into people's living rooms, I think, the way uh, technology is advancing here. Um, I want to talk about uh, one of the projects you have right now. You, read, you wrote a new book called Beauties, but you, I mean, I've mean i got your The Day I Almost Killed Two Gretzkys, which was a, a great I worked, read. I
1: worked a cover in the history of uh, books. Can I tell you a quick story about that cover? Yeah, yeah. So... they didn't know what to do with the cover because they didn't really understand like the book right it wasn't uh it's a weird book it's just a collection of columns that are all over the place some are about football some are about hockey some are about my family i basically just wrote columns for 10 years and then i put them all in a book and so they decided just to do put me on the cover so i did this photo shoot with a photographer downtown toronto and i was wearing normal clothes i was wearing a suit and he took like a million photos of the suit and uh, like took off the tie so just standard photo shoot and then because it was called the day I almost killed two Gretzky's is based on a golf story where I almost uh, I hit Walter and Wayne over a span of uh, two holes because I'm streaky that way um <laughs> but so he said I brought this golf these golf clothes why don't you throw on these golf clothes and I'm like oh, okay so I put on that purple sweater and those checkered pants and and they took two minutes worth of Pictures and then that ended up on the cover, so uh, yeah, a lot of people bugged me about that. Although, you're a fashion, Maybe it holds up. I'm not sure.
0: Oh, I mean, hey, that, the checkered pants and the purple, uh, the purple sweater. I mean, that's golf, that's that's golf chic. I don't golf myself, um, but I, I always promise myself well, eventually I'm gonna have to, there's gonna be some kind of work trip or something, I'm gonna have to go golf. And I'm gonna wear something very similar to that because if you're the best, if you're the best dressed, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, if you have, even if you have no game, if you look good, you're fine, right?
0: That's right. Just yeah, confidence. Um, but your latest, your latest book is called Beauties, and I, I'm just curious, uh, what inspired you to write that? I mean, was that a, a combination of just things you'd heard over the years, and you thought people need to hear this, or or did you have a plan going into it?
1: I think it's probably as simple as that. I sat on that panel for, uh, gosh, I guess I've been doing it. 18 years now, the hockey panel, and so many different guys come in and out, Ryan, ex-coaches and players. Uh, Everybody's got stories, and that's the one thing about hockey, and I'm sure you know this by the interviews you've done. Everybody's got a story, and I kept hearing great stories, and there's a million hockey books out there, autobiographies, whatever it may be, but I couldn't find a book that was just great stories. There's no purpose to it. It wasn't telling a life story of somebody. So that's, you know, you're right. I filed a bunch of them away in my memory and said, you know, maybe at some point I'll, I'll, I'll put together uh, just a book of great stories. And so that's what I started with. I had a few already. I started calling people. And I simply just said, tell me your favorite hockey story. So if it was me and you and Wayne Gretzky in a bar, uh, Wayne, tell me, you know, tell me the story that you tell your buddies in a bar. Uh, that is repeatable, obviously. There's, you know, it is going in a book. So I, there were a few that got edited out. But uh, for the most part, that, that was it. So there was no rules, right? Some of them told me stories about crazy games. Some of, the, some of them told me crazy stories about the bar after the game. And all I wanted was a good story. And that's what the book ended up being. So uh, I was really happy with it. I, I like books where you can you turn the page and you don't know what the next page is going to be. And I think that's what beauties is. There's a lot of really funny stuff in there. There's some really heavy stuff in there, but it's uh, it's kind of an adventure, which is uh, fun, I think.
0: Well, and and that's the thing is he got the podcast too, which um, that same brother uh, that I mentioned before, he's only read seven books in his life, all seven Harry Potter ones, and uh, so he he loves the fact that he can just listen to these. Um, I mean, the Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, I've
1: fails by doing the podcast but
0: what are you doing, right? <laughs> well no I mean, I mean the thing is I thought in a way it's it's actually I, and as far as I know and I mean I won't turn my laptop but I've got you know a massive bookshelf and, and a ton of books and I thought I don't think I've ever seen anybody you know I interviewed Sammy Jo Small for instance was my third episode and she had just released her book but she didn't do a podcast and, and kind of drop little little stories to kind of promote it and I thought was that an accident or was that a, a planned thing
1: I wanted to do a few different things with this book. Uh, And the first thing we did was do a trailer because I'd never really seen a, you know, movie trailers I've always loved, but I'd never seen a book trailer. So I got a producer, a TSN, Neil Salinas, who's really talented and basically gave him a bunch of the interviews for my book and said, do a trailer that sounds really cool. So we did that. And then, you know, most people do audio books. So they write their book and then they, they read it basically, and you can buy the audiobook for your Kobo or whatever. Um, I'm not sure that Kobo does audiobooks. I have no idea. <laughs> I just tried in something there. I think Kobo is an app where you read the book on your, on your iPad. But uh, you tell how much I listen to audiobooks. So, uh, anyway, I thought, well, I don't really want to do an audiobook. I thought it would be stupid if I was just sitting there reading the book. Um, and then I got the idea of doing, I had all these interviews on tape right? Everybody that I interviewed basically for the book I had on tape. So I said, why don't I do almost like a radio documentary? Um, And my plan at first was to only do six or seven chapters to help promote the book. But we've carried it over into January and I may end up doing the whole book and then putting it together as as an audio book on steroids. So it would basically be, you know, a three-hour radio documentary, which was the entire book. And instead of just hearing the author read the book, you get to hear the guys telling the stories with me interspersed. My producer does an amazing job putting in all the sounds of the arena and such, right? Like a, like a real radio documentary. And I just think it's a value added over just hearing somebody read the book.
0: Well, and I, I agree with that because I mean, hearing, you know, for instance, uh, the Gretzky Chirp story um i'm thinking Ray, ryan whitney's you know in the in the bathroom on mario's plane and yeah, yeah. Uh, and to kind of hear them talk about it it's like yeah you're right the the audiobook might not have had the same effect
1: yeah i i think so and uh i really like the podcast actually if if you have listeners that don't uh, don't want to buy the book cool but the, the podcast is fun because they're not long you know 15 minute little chapters as you're driving to work and uh um but Christoph, I got to give him a lot of love. My producer does an amazing job on it.
0: What's next for James Duffy? Are, are we going to see, uh, you know, summertime bo- Bobby Margarita type stuff or are you, are you planning on creating more?
1: Probably porn. I think I'm going to go into porn, right? <laughs> One world I haven't conquered. The, the James uh, Duffy
0: only fans sponsored by TSN.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Um, so the publisher wants me to do beauties too. Um, it's really tough to write a book. Uh, I'm sure you've had other authors on here. It's a lot it's a lot of work especially when you have a full-time job in television. It occupies your mind. It's not just the time of actually writing and doing the interviews, but you end up thinking about it all day what you're going to write about, and how you're going to tell this story. And so I found it sort of takes a year of your life just sort of fully devoted to it and I'm not sure that I'm ready to do that yet. I sort of have to decide in the next month or two if I'm going to do it uh, right away or, or wait a little while. So I'm trying to make that decision. And besides that, uh, just continuing. Hopefully, if TSN lets me to continue to do hockey and football and golf and have the Masters coming up this week, uh, I unfortunately, the NHL season, the the biggest downer for me is the trade deadline is the Monday after the masters. And so because of COVID protocols and such, I can't go for the first time in uh, almost a decade. So I will be here from studio doing the masters with, you know, Bob weeks and Graham Gillette and the guys down in Augusta, which will crush my soul, frankly, but I'll try to hide that on television.
0: (laughs) I am writing a book, James, just so you know, it's called the day Landon Ferraro killed my hockey dreams. Um, That'll be that'll be coming out next year.
1: That really, happens. Uh,
0: yeah. I played against Landon growing up, and then he just—I remember driving first game we played against Burnaby Winter Club. They beat us six nothing. I think he had five goals, and I was driving home with my dad. I was fourteen, looking out the window, and I remember thinking, like, I guess I'm gonna have to come up with a plan for my life because I don't—I don't think uh, hockey's it anymore. So there's um, uh,
1: there's always a guy like that in all our lives, don't you think? For me, uh, I, before, I was a soccer player, and I thought I was pretty good. I was playing, like, the Eastern Ontario Selects or whatever and, you know, thought I might get a soccer scholarship. And we played against a guy named Lyndon Hooper, who nobody will remember except real soccer aficionados who are my age. But uh, I played on Gloucester, and Lyndon Hooper played on Nepean, and uh, we were both mids, and I had to – I was basically had to mark him for – the entire game and he just was so good and he just never stopped running and i remember at the end of like that season i guess we played him three times i was like okay i am not even close. and lyndon hooper ended up playing he was on the he played the last time canada made the world cup he was on the team uh so he he became a great football player but that was I that same thought as you driving home going okay I have no chance to be a good 100 <laughs> like this guy's hundred times better than me
0: yeah I'm yeah. going well, I guess I better you know focus more on my schoolwork I, I was thinking I was going to be the next the next Crosby so I wasn't really focused on math but um, right. well James this has been awesome uh, to have a chance to chat with you I appreciate you taking the time and uh, is there a way for people to to kind of connect with you or, or where can they watch you
1: for sure. Uh- you don't, uh, you know where we are on TSN. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at TSN James Duffy and Instagram at TSN Duffy. And, uh, Twitter is more of my work thing. I do TSN stuff. Instagram is more funny dog videos, but, uh, uh, <laughs> i love to hear from anybody. That's
0: awesome. Well, uh, again, James, thanks for doing this to our listeners. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thanks again to James Duffy for coming on the show and to you for listening. Make sure to rate, share, and subscribe the podcast, and we'll see you next week.